Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show How's everybody doing today? Day after Not even 24 hours after The Lakers Nuggets game one I got a lot to say I had a feeling going into this series I had a thought in my brain, right? I had an idea in my brain, right, of how I thought this would go. And I'm going to be honest. I said going into game one, game one didn't matter. Win or lose for either team, I was not concerned with the end result. My feelings have not changed on that. I will break it down in full. We will get into it. It feels like it's been forever since I've recorded. Because, again, last week I recorded early because of uh, work scheduling. So I feel like it's been a long time since I've been in Trash Can Studios. I got a lot to say, a lot to get into, a lot to break down. Let's intro this thing, man. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I am your host, John Favs, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! That's right. Since we last spoke, the Lakers took out Golden State, and the Miami Heat, and Jimmy Butler, who I told you was top five in the NBA, they took out my Knicks. So I want to start, obviously we want to start with what's going on right now, this moment, which you're all thinking about. Game two, as you hear this, game two, well, if you hear it, Thursday. The game two is happening tonight. <laughs> At the release of this podcast, game two of the Lakers Nuggets series is happening tonight. Game one was last night. Well, two nights. Ah, I'm confusing myself. <laughs> All right, so look, last night was game one of the Lakers Nuggets. And going into the game, one of the big things I heard. One of the big things that was going on was there was a lot of love and a lot of excitement for the Lakers. Now, going into the playoffs, it was all hype about the Lakers. Oh, they got it set up, blah, blah, blah. We had the whole conversation about what does this mean for LeBron if they win or lose? No excuses. He's got to get it done. Well, no, he's 38, year 20, you don't have to get it done. Like all of those conversations, we had those talks, right? You remember? Okay. Well, they took out Memphis. Then they went up against Golden State, the defending champs, and they took out Golden State. Now everyone's excited. Oh, look at what they did defensively against Golden State. Let's be honest about the Lakers' run so far. Okay, let's be honest about it. I am not a hater. Okay, but let's be honest. Memphis was a mess. And going into the Memphis series, most people, I'm sure, would have favored the Lakers over Memphis. Because Memphis is offensively challenged. Memphis didn't have a backup center. They had one guy that could go against Anthony Davis. It's a matchup nightmare. Uh, uh, Dylan Brooks did what he did and then didn't show up in the games. John Morant got hurt in the series. That team's just a mess, right? No one really, like, considered them a serious threat, right? So it's no surprise that the Lakers and a couple of veterans on the team won a championship. Like you got LeBron, you got a, a steady presence. If you could just be level-headed, you could beat Memphis, who is a hot-headed team, right? Okay. Then they go up against Golden State. Now, Golden State has a glaring hole. 
that glaring hole is they have no big men. None. So their best option was to play Looney at center, who's undersized and who is no match for Anthony Davis. And then you have Draymond at the four. And most of the time, they were having Draymond guard Anthony Davis. So you have a huge advantage there. Huge advantage. And then outside of that, going into the series, I had said the same thing. It's going to come down to whose second, third, and fourth options can play better. I favored Golden State going in. Well, what do you know? Golden State's team fell apart. If you watch that series, which a lot of those games were closer than they should be when you realize it was Steph Curry or bust. That's all it was. They were small. Steph Curry had to shoot 30 times a game because Klay Thompson couldn't hit the side of a barn. Couldn't hit nothing. Who? Ask yourself a question. Who was the best player for Golden State in that series? Draymond? Who was their best offensive option outside of Steph Curry? Draymond? There you go. Now, some of you would like to believe that has to do with the Lakers' great defense. The Lakers have an unbelievable—they play great defense. They're the number one defense since the trade deadline, blah, 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 all that nonsense. Here's what I know about basketball. A great play—you can't stop a great player. You can't. It's not possible. Look at, look at, uh, Rajah Bell was considered the Kobe stopper, and Kobe got points against Rajah Bell. He wasn't stopping him. He just made him work a little harder. Right? That's all you can do is hopefully make a guy work a little harder to where it's not so easy, but it's going to be tough for him. Maybe you could tire him out a little bit. You're not stopping a great offensive player in basketball. It's not happening. Who on this planet do you think is going to stop Kevin Durant? Is there a guy? No, there's not. Who on this planet do you think is going to stop LeBron James? Anyone? No, there is not. Andre Iguodala won a finals MVP because he, quote unquote, shut down LeBron. And I think LeBron averaged like 30 points with him guarding him anyway. Like, you're not going to stop him. You can make it look more difficult. You could make the guy have to work a little bit harder to get his. Maybe it's not so easy. Sure. But you could you could kind of like, but you're not stopping a great offensive player. It's not happening. Like, it's just not going to happen. Klay Thompson missed wide open threes. I can't tell you how many times in that series. Jordan Poole couldn't make a shot in that series, and it wasn't because there was always a hand in his face. A lot of times, they were missing open shots. Steph Curry missed open shots. Draymond Green missed open shots. Like, they were missing shots. Look, it didn't fall. You've heard it said a million times. It's a make-miss league. In that series, Golden State wasn't making shots. That's not a knock against the Lakers, but I'm not going to say that Klay Thompson had a bad series because he got locked up. He didn't. He was missing shots. He was just bad. So if we're being honest about the Lakers' run, styles make fights. Matchups matter. They had a favorable matchup against Memphis. Then they went in and they were able to bully Golden State because Golden State is a shooting team. Get up on them, get physical, make it tough for them, and you got a really good chance to beat Golden State. And a lot of those games were close. Those games were closer than it maybe should have been. So going into the series against Denver, here's what I knew. Number one, Denver's better than Golden State. Golden State was not championship level all year long. Golden State barely made the playoffs. Golden State was a bad team. They were the worst road team in the NBA. Like, Golden State was not good. Coming into the playoffs, you only thought Golden State could make a title run because you love Steph Curry and you believe Klay Thompson is still top 10 in the NBA and Draymond Green is a defensive ace. And it's like all this reputation is what you were going on. But if you really looked at it, you would say, yeah, Lakers versus Warriors. I like the Lakers to win. Now, again, I picked Golden State to win. 
But I fell victim to the same thing, just going based off reputation. Game six, Clay, he going to come through, and he didn't. So kudos to the Lakers. But the Lakers haven't done anything that you thought was unbelievable. The Lakers hadn't achieved anything or beaten a team that you thought there's no way they could have beaten that team. They should have not. They should not have beaten them. Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors were very beatable, especially for the Lakers. Now, going into the Nuggets series, I felt like, again, one thing I knew, Nuggets were better than Golden State and Memphis. Another thing I knew, you're not going to have the advantage of size. (sighs) Right? Because you got Joker in the middle. Now you have a great player who's not past his prime. You have a great player. You also have a good guard in Jamal Murray. You got uh, Caldwell Pope, who is a streaky guy who is not being relied on to do too much. So he's right in a role he needs to be. You got Aaron Gordon, who is a big, physical, athletic guy who can kind of match up with an older LeBron and make his life a little bit more difficult. Again, you're not stopping him, but you can make him work a little harder than he would like to. You also got a bench. They got they got some good guys coming off the bench. Like, you have players. Michael Porter Jr. is is one of those guys where if he's got it going, hey, man, pick your poison. That's something that the Lakers haven't seen yet. A team that is that dynamic, and they like to run. The one thing the Lakers don't want to do is get into a sprinting match because over the course of seven games, if it goes seven games and you're playing every other night, the older team is going to wear out quicker. And you're playing in altitude, which causes the road team complications. So now you have that to deal with. So Denver poses a lot of problems for the Lakers that they are not, we're not ready to deal with. So going into game one, I thought regardless of who wins, I'm favoring the Nuggets. Again, I won't be shocked if the Lakers win because sometimes, sometimes, you just can't explain the team going on a run. And maybe the Lakers are on that run. But going into the series, you can't sit there and tell me that the Lakers look like a destined team. They look like a team that has benefited from matchups. And I think Denver is younger than Golden State. I think Denver is a better team than Golden State. I think Joker is, well, I'll put it right out there. I think the Nuggets are going to win the title. I think the Nuggets are going to win the title. And I think the reason why is because the sports media who voted for Joel Embiid to win MVP over Joker, who acknowledged that if Joker hadn't won it the last two years, then they probably would have voted for Joker. The same people who would say like, hey, uh, this is probably his best season, but we can't give him MVP because we can't give him three in a row and put him in, you know, rare air. Like those, the sports gods are looking at that and saying, all right, guess what? Guess what? That's what I think is happening, right? That's what I think we're seeing. So lo and behold, game one starts, and right from the jump, the Nuggets look a little quicker. They look a little faster. They look a little more energized than the Lakers. And man, they go up by 20. And I'm thinking, Lakers were not ready to play this team because they were still excited based off what they did against Golden State. When you're going against a good matchup, you start feeling yourself. 
The Nuggets are a different team. You got to do something different against them than you did against Golden State because Golden State, let's face it, is a one-trick pony. If they're hitting their threes, nothing you could do. But if they're not hitting their threes, that's a burger. Eat up. Right? We all know this. We've been seeing it the whole dynasty has been. If they're hitting threes, lights out. If they're not, they're there to be had. Bully them a little bit. You're not going to bully the Denver Nuggets. Joker had like 12 rebounds in the first quarter. They're a good rebounding team. They're a good offensive rebounding team. You're going to have to really hustle against them. You're going to have to be very detail-oriented against them. They're a well-coached, well-positioned team, meaning all the guys on that team know exactly what their role is, and they play their role. There's no hero ball there. They're just playing their role. Another thing I noticed in game one was whoever Austin Reeves was guarding, they went at him with joy. They were running into his chest. They were they had no fear of they were attacking Austin Reeves on the defense. Now Austin Reeves played well. He did play well. He hit some open shots. But again, like I've said before, what is he? Which side note, I saw a report yesterday saying that the Lakers are concerned that some team's going to offer more than the $50 million they could offer him over four years. What? What? Let's be honest about Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is a good, solid player, right? But during the regular season, he was like a 43% shooter. Average 13 points. Like, let's not go crazy. Does anyone think that Austin Reeves can go to a team like, I don't know, uh, I don't know who's bad. Put him on a bad team. Do you think he can go to the Spurs and like all of a sudden like be a, a an all-star or a superstar and carry a team? Like, no, he's a fourth or fifth option. He's great for where he's at because he's able to get so many open looks. He's got the wide open space because he's playing with LeBron and AD. If you made it all about him, like, no. I'm not paying that guy $15, $16 million a year. Get out of here. You can get six from me. (laughs) That's hate. (laughs) My bad. That's hate. No, he's a good player. I think Austin Reeves has proven that he's more than a rotational player. Because remember, I asked the question in the Memphis series after game one, after Dylan Brooks said what he said, you know, after all that, like, what is he? You know, after, after he was screaming, I'm him, what is he? Let's find out. Because Memphis is going to try to put the clamps on him. They're going to try to attack him. What is he? And for the second half of that series and then the first part of the Golden State series, he looked like a rotational player. Nothing more. Then now he's starting to look a little more like he's a solid starter in the NBA. He's like a Gordon Hayward type of player where it's like he's solid, best when he doesn't have to be the one or two, but a good player. But now the Nuggets... They were they were going off. And then the Lakers made an adjustment. And this adjustment has the entire NBA world saying, I'm encouraged by the Lakers game one. I'm encouraged. They were down by 20. They made a comeback. Like, yeah. And the adjustment they made was they put Rui Hachimura on Jokic and allowed Anthony Davis to guard uh, Aaron Gordon, which allowed Anthony Davis to help off and not have the wide open lanes for guys to attack the rim. And with that adjustment, the Nuggets kind of had some trouble adjusting to it because guess what? Some coaches aren't great in-game adjusters. Some guys don't make good adjustments in the moment, okay? 
And so now you would think, oh, well, going into game two, what are the Nuggets going to do? They had trouble with it. Like, I think having a day to watch the film and see, here's what they did. Here's how we struggled. I think in game two, they come out and they show very early, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That plan right there, that ain't going to work. They're going to have an answer for that. This, to me, is the first series where the Lakers are going to have to beat a team who's better than them. I thought the Lakers were better than Memphis. I thought the Lakers were better than Golden State. I think this is a series where they're going to have to beat a team who is better than them. Who's better than them. Their best player is better than yours. So I think this is one of those series. And I think because of that, the Nuggets, I think, are going to make the adjustment and show right away early on that adjustment. That's over. That's not going to work. Try something else. So I know everyone, I know these these sports experts are excited about this. And you got to be encouraged by the Lakers being down by 20 and making that comeback and all blah, 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 blah. You got to be excited. But honestly, I think it's fool's gold. I, th- I don't think it matters. I think the Nuggets take game two. I think the Nuggets uh, probably drop game three. Actually, you know what? I think the Nuggets take game two. I think they take game three. I think they lose game four as a pride game for the Lakers. And then I think they win game five. I think they win 4-1 and they're getting to the NBA Finals. That's my pick. Let's move on now. So the 76ers put up a dud in the game seven against Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum put up 51 points. Uh, unbelievable performance, something we've never seen, blah, 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 blah. You've heard all, you've heard it all before. But coming out of that game, Doc Rivers loses his job after three seasons with the team. James Harden reportedly wasn't going to come back and play if Doc Rivers was there. Now, reportedly, he's strongly considering going back to Houston. Here's the thing about James Harden. James Harden was terrible in that game seven. Absolutely terrible. And it's not a surprise to me because James Harden is who James Harden is. You know who he is. He's a guy who in the playoffs is not really going to show up. He's just not. Like, it's just the way he is. And we keep pretending because he had a game where he had 40 points and hit the game winner. Like, oh, man, he's reliable. He's there. He's going he's gonna to make something happen. Like, no, he's not. He's not going to. He is what he is at this point. He's not a winner. He's not a winner. And he's not a winner because you were here in the second round in the game seven for a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And if you're going to go run to Houston, you're not going to Houston because you think they're going to win a championship. You're going to Houston because that's where you're comfortable. That's a place you want to live. You, you're you resigning the fact of, I'm not getting a championship, and I don't care. I got my money. I got my endorsements. I got my numbers, and I'm going to go take my ball. I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to play for fun now. If you really wanted to win, I could see you saying, oh, I want to go to... I want to go to Phoenix and play with KD and Booker. I could really facilitate. I could dish it out to them, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I want to go to the Clippers and play with it. Like, you you would try to find a, a place that you can go to where you can add value to a championship contender. As opposed to what he's doing is like, oh, I just want to go where I, I feel comfortable. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want James Harden. I thought when they traded for James Harden, it's a bad idea. I mean, you had to get rid of 
you know, that other guy. We won't mention his name, but, you know, starts with a B. Last name starts with an S. Trash. <laughs> you had to get rid of him, so I guess if you were going to bring something back, like maybe the hope that he could deliver for you, but he's not. I don't think Embiid is that kind of guy either. I know they're going to say he was injured, but like, whatever. You could say that, but it doesn't matter. I just think that, like, I don't understand why Doc Rivers lost his job. For me, it feels like three years ain't enough time. It's not enough time for me to feel like he had enough time to put in his system to do what he wanted and, like, really get the culture right. But, I mean, I guess Doc Rivers hasn't really shown you much for a while, so I guess it doesn't matter. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't even know where I was going with that. I guess I just wanted to talk on James Harden being who he is, and we need to stop pretending like he's something that he's not. I think the next team who's going to pick him up, if you're going to pay him a bunch of money, just understand you're getting a loser. You're getting a guy who's not really interested in winning. He don't care about wins or losses. If it ain't easy, he don't he don't want it. That's what you're getting. And I don't think anybody should go crazy to try to pick him up. Whatever team he goes to, I bet they don't win. Speaking of not winning, I mentioned that uh, that the Heat beat the Knicks. Here's my big takeaway coming out of that, that series. And this season as a whole, I guess. Number one, I was absolutely right to think that uh, R.J. Barrett needed to be moved in the offseason. I still stand true to that. I still believe it. I still think that R.J. Barrett is the biggest weak link or the weakest link. I don't know. However you say it. (laughs) R.J. Barrett is the weakest link on this team. He needs to go. Because he's the guy who you would look at and say he's your second option. This is the guy that should be stepping up. He's young. Supposed to be athletic. Drafted high. He's the guy. The fact that Julius Randle has stepped into that role of being the number two option is like, that's only because R.J. Barrett can't do his job. The fact that if he gets 20 points, we're like, oh, look, he got 20. Yeah, a, a real quiet 20. Yeah, a 20 at a time where when I need 22, you can't give me that 21st and 22nd point. That entire series to me was about not being able to close the deal, not being able to get that extra little... that extra little something, something so that you could, you know what I mean? Like they needed someone to take them over the top. And RJ Barrett was the one who was supposed to do that. And they couldn't. And I I was saying like Donovan Mitchell is a guy that I think in that series against Miami would have really helped. I know he didn't play well against the Knicks. That's fine. He had a bad series. I'm not saying that they would have won if they had him instead of R.J. Barrett, but that's the guy they need. Someone who can go be aggressive and get a bucket when you need one. R.J. Barrett's not that guy. He's too passive. He's not that guy. And they need him to be. Jalen Brunson was by far the best player on that team. Like, it's so far and away he's the best player. It's, like, upsetting. It's upsetting. I love Julius Randle. I love him. I, I, if, it, if it were up to me, I, I want to keep him. 
but I also understand that you have to move him. You may have, I shouldn't say you have to, you may have to move him. I understand that. He was terrible as well in that game six. They needed to win. They needed somebody to step up. He was terrible. I feel like he's getting all the criticism. He's getting all of the hate and you got to move, you got to move Randall. You got to move Randall. I think RJ Barrett has bigger trade potential because he's still young and people still might feel like he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. I think Julius Randall is what he is and either you like it or you don't. And I think it's going to be harder to to do something with that. But if they traded RJ Barrett and got like a, a Dame Lillard, you don't think Dame Randall and Brunson would be fine. You'd rather have RJ Barrett and get rid of Randall. Nah. Sorry, no, no. Before Brunson got here, I saw Julius Randle essentially carry that team to a playoff berth against Atlanta. I saw that. I I've seen him make an All NBA team. I'm not seeing RJ Barrett do none of that. RJ Barrett's not like it's over. We need you to be more, and you're not. That's it. It's over. I'm moving you. I'm off him. Trade both of them if you have to. Get rid of RJ Barrett. Priority number one this offseason. Get rid of RJ. He's got to go. Because in my brain, in my brain, that's the biggest problem for this Knicks team is you have R.J. Barrett. You're saddled with him. You're stuck with him. You need him to be more. He can't be more. And you keep ignoring the fact of he's the guy we got to move. And you keep saying, no, Randall has to go. He's got a bad attitude. I don't think Randall has a bad attitude. I think he wants to win. And I think he looks at the team and says, this team sucks. <laughs> Everyone was mad, like, oh, you can't go out and say maybe they wanted it more than us. Why? He didn't say they wanted it more than me. He said they wanted more than us as a collective. Because I'm sure he's probably looking and thinking there's some guys on his team right now who I feel like don't give a damn if we win or lose. And I think he was saying, I think he was stating it. I think he was trying to be a leader by saying, look, they wanted more than us. I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm not going to lie to you. If that's a problem, why are you mad at him? Be mad at the fact of why is he saying that about the team? What does he know? But instead, we want to blame him and say, oh, you can't do that. Da, 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 da. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go into the uh, Heat versus Celtics. Okay, let's go into the Heat Celtics. It's, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow news week this week. Let's be honest. I mean, rookie camps happen, but who, nobody wants to talk about that, right? Nobody cares. I mean, news coming out of Houston is that CJ Stroud is unbelievable, incredibly smart, picking things up really quick, vocal leader, all that. Ah, we knew that. You know. But he's from Ohio State. He's not a franchise player. You know, we'll see. Nobody wants to talk about that, right? There's nothing, there's nothing going on. I mean, the NFL schedule came out, but who cares? Giants are crying that they got a bunch of road games in a row. They do, but who cares? <laughs> Making excuses already before the season started. Who cares? People want to say, like, oh, wins, losses, win, win, win. You don't even know who's on the roster yet. You don't know what injuries are going to happen. Like, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time trying to pick winners and losers of games and tell you what somebody's record is going to be based on what the schedule is. I don't know. I don't know what teams are yet. We got to wait till after camp, but don't worry. Don't worry, after camp, I'm going to have the cyber uh, the cyber QB rankings. Started that already. Getting that list compiled. We'll see what happens. I, th- I think there's going to be some movement.
So I'm not I'm not not gonna waste my time with all that. So it, it, it's gonna be in and out today. Quick quick hits. But let's talk about the Heat versus Celtics. I'm rooting for the Heat to win the series uh, because I love Jimmy Butler. I told you I think Jimmy Butler is a top five NBA player. I think if you're talking about basketball players, I think if you're talking about NBA player, I think if you're talking about all-around player, I think if you're talking about everything you want somebody to do, I think he's just a really good basketball player. I think there's guys who are better in terms of maybe they're a better scorer. Like, all right, so for example, like, so what I was thinking was, do you really think Kevin Durant is a better basketball player than Jimmy Butler? Now, your first thought would be, yeah, of course, but why? He's he's a better scorer, sure. Is he a better defender? Maybe. Maybe. It's not like a hands down, like, yeah, of course. Like, no, maybe. Is he a better passer? I don't think so. Is he a better playmaker? I don't think so. So again, when you think about all the things that go into a basketball player, there's other guys you might like better. There's other guys you might think have a skill that's better than the skill that Jimmy has. But when it comes to all around basketball players, like, come on, bro. Do you really think Giannis? Eh, probably. <laughs> My bad. I'm getting a little crazy now. But the, I don't need, I'm not even saying that he's better than Durant. But what I'm saying is your initial thought is, yes, he's better. But then you, when you think about it, you're like, well, there's some things that Butler does better. That's my phone again. My bad. Right? So there's certain things that certain players do better than others. But I think if you're talking about all-around basketball player, Jimmy Butler's top five in the NBA. We can argue over that list another time. But that's why I'm rooting for the Heat because I really like Jimmy Butler. I love watching him play. I would love to see him on that stage outside of the bubble. I think this Miami team is better than the one in 2020 in the bubble. I think they've got a better shot to win. So I like that. I like that side of it, that aspect of it. On the other side of it, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm looking at Boston and I'm saying, man, Boston is one of those teams where they can be really, really good and look like the best team in the NBA, and then they could be really bad. I look at Jason Tatum, and every time I say, yo, I don't understand why people think he's so great. He's not great. He's all right. He's good, but that's about it. He has to performance like he did, did game seven, has 51 points, and you say, well, I guess he's pretty good. But even again, I'll say it again, like he can have one of those nights where he's just awful. I personally think Jalen Brown is the better player. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He might not be better, but I like him better. (laughs) He's the guy that I would want. He's the dog. He's the one who I think is the real menace on the team. So what are you going to get with Boston? Are you going to get the good Boston or the bad Boston? Are you going to get the Boston? What's going to happen when Miami comes in there trying to play their physical brand of ball? What's going to happen? I'm rooting for Miami. Oddly enough, because they took out my Knicks. Knicks, Miami is a thing going way back. I usually hate Miami, but I I love Jimmy Butler so much that I'm going to root for Jimmy Butler to get to the finals. And I'm not the biggest fan of Tatum. How do I think it's going to go? I think Boston's going to handle Miami. That's what I think. It's not what I want, but it's what I think. I can't lie. I can't pretend like, oh, Miami could. Yeah, the Knicks, if the Knicks, if R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle play well, not even great, just play well, they beat Miami. So I can't now sit there and pretend like I think Miami is some powerhouse. I don't. I think Miami would lose in the finals to either Denver or the Lakers. But 
That's what I'm rooting for, at least. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Y'all agree with me. So again, just to be clear, just to be clear, I got the Heat losing to the Celtics. That's a weird way to say it. I got the Celtics beating (laughs) the Heat. Uh, I think it'll be pretty quick. I'm going to pick five games. I'm going to say it's a five-game series. Uh, Celtics beat Heat 4-1. I got the Nuggets beating the Lakers 4-1. I'm not saying it's going to be a four, an easy 4-1, but it'll be 4-1. Uh, and that's it. That's my time, y'all. Look, uh, short episode this week. Not a lot going on, like I said. Uh, the NBA playoffs have pared down. There's only four teams. We're in the Final Four. Uh, we're in the conference uh, final stage, so there's not much going on there. Like I said, M- NFL hasn't really ramped up yet. Um, we got training camp that'll be starting in july or mini camps or whatever maybe we'll have some more news there some player movement but other than that it's really just basketball going on right now so that's my time look i'm not gonna drag it out with y'all i'm not gonna hold you for very long i know it's nice outside people want to get out there and enjoy the nice weather look uh we will be back next week follow me on all social media platforms at cyber underscore pod that's s-i-b-r underscore p-o-d on all social medias uh, follow me on YouTube, subscribe, like the channel, watch the videos at Cyber Network. That's S-I-B-R Network on YouTube. You can find me there. A bunch of exclusive content just for YouTube that you won't find here on the podcast. Uh, follow me on all. Let's build the family. Let's get this cyber family up and running. Let's take over the sports media. I will see y'all next week.